Welcome to the Crosswalk Podcast, where we have been called to carry our cross daily. Here is your host, Paul Fowler. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Crosswalk Podcast. I hope you all had a wonderful week since the last time you've joined me. Uh, and and this, this episode is one that's kind of a long time coming because it's something that we all deal with, we all struggle with, uh, and, and you know that, that's basically the moniker for almost every single one of my episodes. But this one, I think, is kind of at the root of it all. And we are going to be talking about temptation. Temptation. This is this is a big one because there's a lot of things that we can be tempted about in, in this world. Uh, a lot of things that the enemy can use to tempt us in, in, in sinning, in doing what is wrong. The thing about temptation is that there is a lot of different ways to be tempted. Most people have that one specific thing that tempts them beyond others. And yet, we still get tempted with a lot of other things. We, all, we have that one kind of crowning temptation with a lot of other temptations that we deal with. Now, the definition of the word temptation is simply put, the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise, that is, that is what temptation is. Uh, the word comes from the Latin word uh, uh, t- that means temptation, and it just means to handle, test, or to try. And so, indeed, temptation is testing you. It's testing you to see if you will give in to those things. Testing to see what you are willing to fall into and the things in which you are adverse to. Throughout this episode, I will be giving you examples of of things that we are tempted to do on a daily basis. But also, I want you to be made aware that even when we have temptations, whether small or large, there is always a way out, a way to escape your temptation. Now first, what temptation is not? Temptation in and of itself is not sin itself but could be. Temptation is the metaphorical dangling of a piece of meat in front of a hungry lion. Taking the bait would be giving in to your temptation, therefore committing sin. James chapter 1 verses 14 through 16 says, But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desires. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. So here James actually distinguishes between uh, temptation and sin, telling us that they're not the same thing. He says that sin is birthed out of when someone gives in to their temptation. Now, what are some of these temptations that I'm, that I'm kind of getting at? We can have many different temptations. We are, we are faced with uh, obvious temptations every day, at least obvious to me. And I'll read some of these off. Some of these obvious temptations are sexual temptation, uh, overindulgence of alcohol, overindulgence of drugs, overindulgence of food, 
hatred, envy, and theft. We are tempted to do those things, and we give in to those things uh, a lot of times. We can be tempted, you know, sexually. This world is, it's got its own religion, and that is the religion of sex. And that's the thing is people are constantly tempted by that because it's everywhere. It's on social media. It's on uh, your favorite show. It's on your, it's on your uh, movies that you're watching. And doesn't even matter where, where people are talking about it now in, in schools, you know, which is crazy to me. You know, outside of, you know, the common sexual education, which on my perspective, don't agree with as well, uh, given that to the public schools. But it has become such an, like a temptation for people to give into that now people are changing their body chemistry. Their, tempta- te- their temptations have drawn them to self-mutilation, have drawn themselves to, uh, to um, very uh, wicked, wicked sins when it comes to being uh, sexually active or even sexually identifying. Uh, people can be tempted to over, overindulge in alcohol. And, and what I find interesting is uh, a lot of people overindulge in alcohol because they, they're trying to suppress, you know, some, I don't know, some kind of hurt or trauma or they're trying to suppress suppress feelings and stuff of depression. It's not, alcohol is a depressant, not an antidepressant. It makes things worse. But people overly indulge in those things. Uh, overindulge in drugs, uh, getting high or uh, getting wasted just to just to feel something else, and it makes them feel good for for those moments, you know. And and they just have that urge to feel pleasure. And a lot of these, that's what it comes from, is pleasure. It's like an itch that just needs to be scratched, and if you don't, it won't go away. Uh, where where we have to we have to understand that these things. Um, are there to feed the flesh. And that also includes what I said next, the overindulgence of food. Uh, food can be, uh, in this realm as well, we can be tempted to overeat, not because we, we need the food, but because the food helps us cope. And, and at that point, it becomes no different than the drug or alcohol that people consume just to feel better. whatever they try to do and so uh, the overindulgence of food is a obvious temptation that can lead to uh, gluttony can lead to health issues that can lead to to just so many different problems in one's life now listen to this we can be tempted to hate people you know in, in the world we live in people do so much wrong and so much evil that it's like we return they're evil with more evil and hating people. I, I speak to my students a lot of the time about them using that word. Uh, you know, oh, I hate them. Or I hate them because they did that. And it's like a very strong word that they don't truly understand the meaning of because they use it so flippantly. They, they just... They just use the word however they want to and think it means something that it truly does not. They then they'll they'll backtrack and say, "Oh, I don't hate them. I just strongly dislike them." And it's like the words may have changed, but the heart did not. 
And so the, the hatred of one's heart is we can be tempted to hate people. We can be tempted to envy people, be jealous or crave what they have and stuff because we're not content with what we do have. And we need to pay attention to, to sometimes how people get things. They may get them unjustly. They may have what they have because they, they, they gave it to themselves. It doesn't mean that they're blessed by God. Um, it means they may have just done something undeserving of it, but got it anyways. And we envy over those kind of people, and we can be tempted to fall into that. And people are tempted to steal, uh, commit theft. You know, they see something that they want, but they can't pay for it. So what do they do? They, they take it off the shelf and hide it because they know, one, they're doing what is wrong. And, and two, uh, they, they, they're taking something. Like, think, get to the root of theft for a moment. They're, think, they're, they're taking something that is not just not theirs, but somebody worked to produce it. Somebody paid for it to be produced. And then all you did was take money out of their pocket. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. The Bible does not set parameters on, you can steal these, but you can't steal that. Everything. If you take something, irrespective of its value, away from somebody else, steal it, that is still sin. And we're tempted to do those things. But now let's let's talk about those those things that might not seem so clear to us as those other things that, that, that we give into probably more regularly. And maybe that's the reason why. Maybe that's the reason why we don't really pay attention. Maybe that's the reason why we don't really notice these things because they're not as, as I'm doing finger quotes, they're not as, you know, bad as those other temptations. Think about this as a temptation. Giving into unjust anger. We can be so easily persuaded to get angry at things unjustly. There is a just way of anger. The Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. So there is a just way to be angry. But often, probably more often, we get angry in unjust ways. And we're tempted to dive into it. We're temptation to spout off the mouth, you know, not have a tight rein on our tongue. We just say the things that come to our mind, you know, and it's not enough. Like, think about this. It's not enough. I don't, I do not believe because, uh, I mean, God sees the mind and the heart as well. I don't believe it's enough to just to bite the tongue, but it, there's a heart issue. It's like, it's not just about, well, I was going to say this, but I, I, I chose not to. Um, it's, it's, what does your heart still say? If uh, I heard my pastor say one time, whenever he was a youth pastor, he had a student one time that seemed kind of, he was like clean cut and all this stuff. He, I think he was the, I can't remember if he was the pastor's, uh, kid or, or what, but, but he, he said that every time his parents would do, ask him to do something, he would cuss them out in their mind. He never said it out out loud with his mouth, but he always did it in his mind. So even in that, I believe, is sin. It's not just changing, spouting off the mouth, as I said, but also spouting off at the heart and just giving way to that. I believe that gives way to anger as well. 
you got to pray for a change of heart, not just a change of language in your mouth, but change your heart. Uh, we can we can easily give in to gossip, and the Bible is very explicit whenever it talks about gossip, and we should understand that gossip is is so harmful in the church, especially, but it's harmful anywhere. Gossip is is we we don't like our lives enough, so we have to come up with drama to spread to make our life more entertaining. And that's where it gets to. It's entertainment. But that entertainment hurts people, you know? And we are tempted to, hey, did you see what so-and-so did this past week? Oh, man, that's just, that's that's so crazy, you know? And just whispering. I, I mean, I, as, as I'm at fault, too, for gossip. But as y'all know, uh, again, as being a teacher, I have called students out for gossip before. I've sat there and heard it. And I and I think, I, if I was to narrow it down, about 90% of the time, the student will rebuttal, uh, we're not gossiping. We're not, we're not, I would say it to their face. Oh, good job. But the, the, the key here is that you're not saying it to their face, for one. And two, it doesn't matter if you would be saying it to their face or not. You shouldn't be saying it. And the, in gossip, creates um, misinformation, you know? It creates misinformation and a misidentity about whoever it's being spread about, you know? It's like um, it's like whenever you uh, have a friend, if you have a best friend, and, and, you're, and somebody says something about you to your best friend, uh, let's say that they're right, Let's say you did something wrong. Let's say you did something very wrong and somebody came up to you, uh, came up to your best friend and was like, hey, they did this. And, they, and your best friend was like, oh, they wouldn't do that. They're trying to stick up for you, you know? It, even in the wrongdoing, uh, because you have a misidentity. Uh, but it doesn't matter either way. Let's say you didn't do anything and you're being, your, your uh, identity, your character is being berated and dragged through the mud because somebody decided to lie about you and spread it around as though it were the truth. We need to be aware of those things, not easily give in to those things. We should be aware of what gossip is and what it's not. It's easy to give in to uh, not reading or praying, denying your your reading of, of, of the Word of God and denying your prayer life. It's just as easy as just not doing it. And so the devil will have a foothold with that. If he can get you away from communication with God, whether that's God talking to you or you talking to God, he will try to find a way to do it. He can, uh, he will, he, he may try to tempt you into staying out of church. It's like, oh, I just, I, I didn't, I didn't sleep so well last night, you know. And sometimes we have those days. But don't allow sleep to be the reason why you miss fellowship with other believers. I heard it said one time, if Christ um, uh, rose on the third day, you can rise to uh, rise on a Sunday. And so we need to uh, have the effectiveness of 
of make of being in church as much as we can. I'm not trying to be legalistic because church is important, not because it's like, oh, this is just what we what we need to do as good Christian people. It's because it's beneficial to us. It's beneficial. It's a blessing to us. We can also, and I can speak directly for myself, uh, we can give in to temptation of being harsh or cruel or just being plain mean. Doesn't matter if you're joking or not. They're, they're, that's not funny, you know. I think God has a sense of humor, you know, and, and harshness and cruelty and, and and being mean is not. I, I don't think that makes for a good joke. And so these are some of the things that we are tempted with on a regular basis. We have, as I said before, we have an itch that seems as though uh, it cannot go away until we give into it. This is, of course, not true. I want to read you a passage, and I'll break down this passage for you. I want to read you this passage that is actually misinterpreted quite a lot. <clears throat> this is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, He will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. Again, this this passage is so widely misunderstood. It's misunderstood in the way... um, uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself. Let me break this down uh, line by line. First, the first line, no temptation has come upon you except what is common to man or common to humanity, as this translation says. This is telling us that every kind of form of temptation has already happened to someone before. There is no temptation, uh, no new temptation, meaning that some people have been tempted and failed but others have been tempted with the same exact thing and yet made it through. So we need to understand that these temptations, people have gone through them before. They either failed or they got through it. And the question is, how in the world did they make it through the temptation? The second line, but God is faithful. God is still there in the midst of your temptations. He has not left you because he is faithful to you and always will be faithful. He will sit by your side even if you're going through temptation, even if you're about to give in to the temptation. He still offers a way out. Next, he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able This is what I was trying to get to earlier that I almost jumped the gun on. This is the part of the passage in which people misunderstand a lot. Some people take this to be saying, God will not give you more than you can handle. This, and I want this to be clear, this is not true. This is not what it's saying. The passage is very clear. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able There are many times in which God will allow or even give you a trial to go through in which you cannot handle, but gives way to you leaning on Christ all the more. We need to learn to lean on Christ and not on ourselves. Next, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to bear it. God promises us that there is a way out of our temptations. 
When we are tempted to sin, God says that we do not have to go through with the temptation. We don't have to give in. We do not have to give into the temptations that, that are crossing into our minds. In other words, we do not have to scratch the itch of temptation with sin, but it can be relieved through Christ. We, we need to understand that, that temptation does not automatically mean, oh, I've sinned. No, giving in to said temptation would be sin, but your temptation comes with a way out, and that way out is Christ. It is easy to give in to sin. A few swipes on your cell phone, giving in to your anger and allowing your mouth to run wild, missing church because it's just easier to lay into bed, not reading your Bible or praying because it's easier to just watch your favorite show. It is so easy to give into temptation and thus giving birth to sin. The thing is, Jesus never told us that the life of the Christian would be easy. He actually informed us that it would be difficult. Paul calls the Christian life a race and a fight. These two things show us that it will be a battle, but it is a battle worth having. Satan knows exactly how to tempt us and knows what he can use to lure us into it so that we give into it and thus sin. But the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 7, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. We must not forget the first sentence there. It is not so simple as to just resist the devil, because in all honesty, we are not strong enough by ourselves. The first sentence tells us to submit to God. We fall under the authority of the Almighty God. We need to do this. We need to fall under God's authority and do as He commands us. We are weak, but He is strong. Submit to the authority of God and His Word. Rick Warren said, Every temptation is an offer to doubt God's love and wisdom. That's, that's what temptation is is an offer to doubt. It's not doubting in and of itself, and it's not, losing, it's not doubting his wisdom or his love, but it's an offer to do so. Don't take the offer. It's not a good one. Let us not give in to this offer. Let us trust in God and believe that his love for us uh, is everlasting and that his wisdom will guide us to better, to better things and to be better. So to kind of tie this up, to, to wrap this all up, let me tell you a story in which temptation has gotten a hold of my own life. Back when I was first, uh, whenever I first started teaching, I was very, very young. I substituted whenever I was 19 years old and hired on as a teacher when I was 20. I was a year older than my oldest student. In this, I demanded respect that I did not earn. And it fell flat. I became a mean, spiteful, and sarcastic teacher. One in which was not funny, but cruel. A couple of times I have, I have had students walk out of my class so that they wouldn't cry in front of everybody else because of the words that I said. Me, a teacher of the Word of God, 
causes my students to break down in tears because of my words. I gave in to the temptation of pride. I would shrug it off, saying to myself, they just need to grow thicker skin. I said things and did things that fed my ego and my prideful desires, and it birthed sin. The summer after my third year of teaching, God got a hold of my heart in a tremendous way. I fell into one of the deepest and darkest depressions of my life and felt as though I was drowning. It felt, as, uh, it, it felt like God was telling me, this is how you made your students feel when you should have been showing them love and compassion. I asked God to forgive me and give me a heart of compassion, empathy, and sympathy. And I believe he answered that prayer. It breaks my heart to this day that I was ever that mean and spiteful. But God grew me out of it. He gave me a way out of it. His own love for me. And so where I failed, I gave in to my own prideful temptations to do whatever I was tempted to do that would boost my ego and boost my pride. But he humbled me. I could have taken the way out. I could have chosen the way of humility. But I chose not to. And I fell into sin. And so to wrap this all up, I, I want this to be as clear as possible. You do not have to give in to your temptations. You do not have to say that nasty thing to your coworker or, or, or your, your uh, family or friends. You don't even have to say it in your heart or your mind. You don't have to swipe on, on your phone and watch that, that filthy, disgusting video that you sh- know you shouldn't be watching. God can give you a way out. God gives us a way out. You do not have to uh, be filled with pride. You can turn to humility and turn to Christ and be freed from it. I want that to be the hope that you have. I want that to, to settle in your mind and settle in your heart. With all that being said, uh, thank you all for listening again. Uh, to the second episode of the second season of the Crosswalk Podcast. Until next time, keep walking in faith. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Crosswalk Podcast. If you like what you heard, please support this ministry by following on Facebook, Instagram, X, and other social media platforms. You can also reach out by emailing me at the Crosswalk Podcast 923 at gmail.com. Thank you again, and until next time, keep walking by faith.